best, most informed sports talk noon to three, it's the Killer Bees. Joe Blank and Jeremy Brenham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Joe George and Joel Blank. You can find us on Twitter at Joe George Radio at Pac-Man Joel. Jeremy will return tomorrow to the show. I think he'll be back tomorrow. Um, we were talking about the Hall of Fame in the last segment, Andre Johnson. I think he gets in next year. So just to be clear. I hope he does. I think, uh, I think it's time. It. I think um, he absolutely deserves it. If he doesn't get in next year. But again, year, we talk about how political it can be. It's not because he wasn't a great player and doesn't deserve it. It's because you're still dealing with a bunch of political BS on a year-to-year basis and how the ele- how getting someone nominated and then, you know, voted in, it, it's 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 a farce the way they still do it. Yeah, it's. I think it's more transparent than some of the other ones. You know, I, Major League Baseball, they just send in ballots that are not supposed to be public, but then they become public because uh, everyone just leaks them out. No one has any idea how the Basketball Hall of Fame works. If you know, please enlighten me, because I don't. No, because I know that Calvin Murphy was on the board and the committee to get people in, and he realized it was so political, and they were actually yeah. keeping Guy V. Lewis out because of politics. They yeah. said, get me off this thing. He goes, take me off the board. This is BS. There's too much politics, not enough true appreciation for greats in basketball. Yeah. And then they waited way too long to get Guy V. in. Yeah, it's it's crazy that like between him and Elvin Hayes, like basically just protesting the Hall of Fame in full, that that's finally what got Guy V. Lewis in. That's when you know that it's a travesty the way the, the system works. Yeah, it's just... A or it doesn't work, right? Um, so Jordan Alvarez has been pretty solid since he came back. You know, obviously hit a home run this weekend. Isn't smashing the ball in the way like some people want him to, uh, just because everyone wants him just to hit major bombs twenty four seven. But now that he's back, and the way Jake Myers has been playing a little bit better, you know, Dubon was fine in center field yesterday. I feel pretty solid about where the Astros are at depth wise in the outfield. You know, between Chaz McCormick, Jake, I guess Dubon, and Jordan Alvarez, you're set for center field, left field, and at DH. I would like to see Diaz play more, of course. We all would. But you think it's the reality that, you know, he's not going to catch a lot. Like, honestly, I'm almost tired talking about it. Because it's it just feels like we've lost. Like, if, if, if there was a battle of getting Dusty Baker to play Yannir Diaz, Look, it's over. <laughs> Joe, here, here's how I look at all of this. It, when you start analyzing the team you're chasing as it relates to you as a team, the Astros are getting healthier. The Astros are getting better. The Astros are, like you said, creating depth and creating a more talented roster, both the starters and the, the options you have coming off the bench. So you look like you're in a very good position. Sure. I'm done doing with I, I don't want to see any more of the Arcadi experiment, as we talked about, unless he's just a long reliever. I think it's still because you're chasing, not being chased. I think it's it's hyper important that you have someone in the rotation that can get the job done for you that you already know in JP France. But I think other than that, you control your own destiny by doing what you do in house. When you look at the Rangers, they lost Young yesterday to a thumb injury. They mm-hmm. don't know how long he's going to be out at third base, right? Jonah Heim looks like he may be done for the year. Uvalde may be done for the year. So as much as Seager's on fire with Simeon and and, and along with Garcia, the, some of the guys you're losing have been key components to why this team has been so good all year. They're not getting healthier, whereas know, the Astros just, are. And they're good. They've won six in a row. And now they're, they're going to take on the A's case. while you take on the Orioles. But after the Orioles series, 
it changes drastically to where with those injuries, I think it's going to mean something. I saw Rangers fans losing their mind, including Total Dallas, coming at everybody. Now what do you got to say? It's funny how when it was a half game, everybody went and, hot, went and hit if you were an Arlington fan. But now suddenly, because it's two and a half and three in the loss column, everybody comes out on every social media platform and looking at us that are Astros believers and try to come at us. I said to Total Dallas on Twitter, I'm sorry, did I miss something? They decided the division this weekend? Because it ain't over, and there's plenty of baseball to be played. So just damn well better keep doing what you're doing if you want to brag at the end of the year. But until we get there, stop doing this here. It's just who they are, though. Like, they're not... They're celebrating a two-and-a-half game lead that keeps shrinking and then growing and then shrinking and then growing, and they know they're going to get caught. Because they haven't won anything. Yeah. And, and, and they still... they're, just, they're benefiting from the schedule. They played, they played the worst team in baseball, the white, the second worst team in baseball, the White Sox. They played the Marlins, who are probably overrated for where they are. Now they're going to play Oakland. Yeah, they might be four-and-a-half. They might be like four games up by the time the Orioles series is over. But when they start playing... And look, and then they play the Angels. If they win the division this year, it also just it doesn't matter. Like I just no, and that's the I thing. I don't care too. from their bitter ass announcers to their fan base to everybody else. They so desperately want to hang their hat on something where there's no hook on the wall, trying to you know say, hey, I need recognition too. Well, that would mean that you've done this before. Yeah, you've gotten to World Series and you've lost. You know, you haven't been relevant in years. So now because you are, oh, we'll take on all comers. We'll point the finger at everybody else. We'll puff out our chest, and we'll show you who we are and what we're made of. We'll do that in the playoffs, kids. Until we get there, you just better handle your business. Because the bigger thing for me is not worrying about the Rangers. It's worrying about Dusty putting out a lineup and making and resting too many guys when you just had an offensive explosion with a lineup that looked like most any team in baseball would fear that lineup, and then you went away from it. Yep. You threw Urquidy into a rotation and took a guy out who was your hottest pitcher. Well, because... Those are the kind of decisions I don't want made because those self-inflicted wounds are the thing that's going to hold the Astros back more than anything else. Yeah, so where you're at with this team right now, like depth-wise, do you feel okay? Yeah. Um, Corey Jolk's going down. Who do you want to see called up? See, to me personally, I want to see Singleton because I just want to see if there's anything there. I know a lot of people are losing their minds. I said I thought he would be a September call-up. If you have an opportunity right now, what do you have to lose? Everybody said, well, you know, he's out of – if you call him up and yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, but that's work, fine. This is what you brought him in, and this is when I say kick the tires. Milwaukee cut him. You picked him up. You're going to take a shot. Well, now there's an opportunity where the shot might be now because he might really be able to help you. Yeah. You see what you got, and if it ain't it, then let him go. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any risk of bringing him up because, you know, it's not like a guy like, I think Renault Blanco has one more option this year where they could bring him up and send him down. And but, then Joe, they have we've to seen everybody. We've seen enough Bly Madris. We've seen enough yeah, David Hens. Absolutely. Like, We've seen a, enough of those guys. Let's see a guy who's got unbelievable AAA power, and let's determine, is he a 4A player that can excel at AAA but can't play Major League Baseball, or is he a guy that can help you this year? The only thing with Singleton that I don't love the idea of him coming up is that Dusty Baker keeps going back to the same card about how you know, you know Diaz, is, his numbers against lefties aren't good. So if Diaz isn't going to play against lefties and you're not going to play Singleton against lefties, obviously... I don't love the construction of your bench on those days, but at, at the See, same time, the, it's just it's time to do this. It was the time tricky for thing Corey is Jones then if Yiner is the guy on those days, then Maldi's catching. Absolutely right. But the thing is, we are at a point where like we know Maldi's going to catch mm-hmm. a majority of the time. Well, the, the Verlander trade 
assured you he's going to catch at least you're getting a 50 50 split at a bare minimum yep. it's going to be 50 50 but the weird thing is the way the rotation set up is it's almost going to be like three on it should be like three on three off and dusty's not really doing that either i think it's really going to be four to two i think you're going to see diaz catch hunter brown most times and not always and he'll catch jp france but for the most part like you're not going to see him work with the other four guys and he's not going to play a ton yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, it's just it really is at this point where if Dusty's not going to play him against lefties, that's fine. But then I kind of am starting to expect I, I expect to see him in the lineup more often than he is. You know, if now that Jolks is gone, you know, Jordan's in left, except when you want him to DH. Like clearly, they didn't want him in left field in Yankee Stadium. There's certain stadiums where they've made that very and Dusty clear. Said that he knew that yeah. Yankee Stadium was cavernous and left, and he yeah, he, that's he fine. was worried about that. That's, that's a, fine. That's a great idea. Like that's that's almost the Jordan rules. It should be Jordan doesn't play in these stadiums. I don't. They changed something in Baltimore, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Was it? But is it right field? I can't remember if it's right field or left field. Um, they made it deeper. They raised and they also raised the wall in yeah. left field to where balls don't get out. Even it's even more difficult to get balls out in in Baltimore because they raised the wall again. So balls that get out of like seventy five percent or more of the stadiums in baseball in left left center field they don't get out in Baltimore. And so I don't. Do you think that means he plays more there? It'll because be it's kind of like I don't, it's, I don't think because it's, it's kind of like here in a way, right? Yeah, so, but I don't think it's as spacious, like per se. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I look at it the same way. I look at how much room you have at Yankee Stadium or like you know in, in San Francisco in the right center field alley, kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't worry about it that way. Um, if it's not Singleton, what's your next option? Is well, it Bly I mean, Madrid? I think Bly Madrid because he's been there, done that, and he's been somewhat hot lately. He's had a couple of bombs in the minors. Um, he's showing that, you know, before they sent him down, he looked like he was finally turning a corner to where I think he might be the next guy up. I, like I said, I've seen enough of Hensley, and I really don't need to see any more of Kessinger. Yeah, I'd really like to see I'd like to see someone else. It, it's Singleton, Pedro Leon, Justin Durden. Durden's been like, hitting it really well down like, there. I, I would just, if they're going to make this move for Corey Jolks, I, I would like to see it be a, a fresh face that hasn't been up already, that can maybe just surprise the team a little bit. Yeah, instead of knowing what you know about guys yeah. you're going to be dipping, going back in the well again for. I see if you can find that yeah. other hidden gem. Find another diamond in the rough for the year where, where you found so many, where there's a guy that you really didn't expect to be there like Singleton, but if you throw him in the mix, what's the worst thing could happen? He might do better than them, and he might be a guy you can count on. Do you think this is a short-term thing for Corey Jolks, or yeah. was... First half of the season, Corey Jolks, uh, one-hit wonder. There wasn't tape on him. People didn't see enough of him. Then they figured him out. I kind of lean towards the one-hit wonder. I think that I think he can still be a Major League Baseball player. And I think that AAA hit pitching will be really good for him to kind of, because I think he was pressing, and mentally he was just, he's putting too much pressure on himself. And he, he heard the noise around him. And he also had some bad luck. But I think this writes the ship for him. But I think that people need to have the right expectations on Corey Jolks. I don't think he's a starting left fielder on a, on an average to above average major league baseball team. That's why when people were talking about uh, people were talking about the trade deadline and like we would they would try to use Corey Jolks. I'm like, no one believes that that's Corey Jolks. Nine three nine two says take a look at Loriano. He was cut by the or DFA'd by the A's. He's already been picked up by the Guardians, so he's not an option either. Um, it would have been intriguing though. I wonder if he if he would have come back here. Because I think, you know, remember he had it a couple years with Cintron? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there was yeah. some bad blood feisty. after he left the organization. Because otherwise, I thought, even at the start of the year, when they were going to be the single A's, 
I thought, well, if you're clearing house, there's a guy that I'd take a look at. All right, let's get back into the Astros rotation. What are they going to do? We'll have the Wheel of Bits coming up at 2.30. He's Joel Blank. I'm Joe George. Filling in for Jeremy Branham. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, right now, I want to tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. I've been telling you about them for quite a while. I believe in them because they get results. I've talked to too many people along the way that have also gotten the same kind of results as I've gotten, and you could be the next in line, too. Both men and women are going there on a daily basis, finding a way to get more energy in their life, getting more to-do tasks done, feeling better about themselves on a daily basis, and, and, and feeling like they were in their best days of their life instead of feeling like you just don't have the get-up-and-go anymore. They handle these problems. They take care of their customers. They have three locations now to better serve you, from League City to the two locations near downtown Houston. You can get there, and then you can get taken care of. And the fact is, they care about their patients. They're going to ask you what's going on. Where are you lacking? From the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. Everybody's got problems experiencing things that they haven't experienced in their younger life and wondering if they could ever get back to once they, where they once were. Now they can Thanks to the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Go to ApolloMH.com right now and see all the different services they offer. If there's a couple that you think might be able to benefit you, sign up for your first appointment right there online. When you do, you're going to find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel, first responders, all that. But then go in with an open mind. Tell them where you're lacking. Tell them what you'd like to get to, and they'll tell you how they can help you, put you on a plan that works, and get you the results that you need. That's why I love them. They're results-driven, they're results-oriented, and they get you those results to have you feeling better and doing more than you maybe ever have. It's fantastic. I believe in them so much so. You mentioned my name. You get a free B12 shot, or you get a free body composition analysis on your first official visit, and then go from there. Bottom line is, and if you don't know this, you need to now, they also offer FDA-approved semi-glutide. It can have you losing six pounds a week without ever hitting the gym. It's fantastic and another way they can help you. Go see my people at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Is it football season yet? Job! I don't want no job. I want to play football, you asshole. I want some feeling. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. The Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham. Joel Blank here as always. Joel's favorite song. Top um, drop, baby. H-Town. Classic. The suspensions are out. Way to go, Johnny B. Um... Tim Anderson got suspended six games for getting knocked out. Wow. Uh, Jose Ramirez got suspended three games for throwing the punch. Classe got suspended one game. Bunch of other ones, suspensions. Also, it's Little League World Series time. Yes, it is. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. Why? How do you feel about these kids? A lot of people kids? saying that's where Branham is. He's moonlighting as a Little League World Series announcer. I can see it. He hates it. I know, but I He craps see it. on it every but year. It would be so funny if that was like his first like big-time ESPN job. Was the Little League World Series as much as he's crapped on it? Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Megas just said here on Twitter, got suspended three games. Um, other, but during the Little League World Series, one of the kids hit a tank shot to right field. He rounds third base, and his opponent, the third baseman, reaches out his I hand just for saw a high it just five. Happened. Just happened. How do we feel about that? I didn't like it at all. I know we're supposed to do sportsmanship. Like I know last year there was a kid who got domed. And then, like, he was crying on the mound. The, the pitcher was crying on the mound. So, like, there was, like, the little hug. And that was nice. Like, that was a good story. Like, that's, like, you know, you hit someone in the face. That's a scary moment for anyone, right? But, like, 
The opposing team hits a home run, and you're giving them a high five when they're rounding third? Like, what are we doing here? If I was the pitcher, I'd, I'd be upset at my, I, if my friend. If the whole team, I'm upset with oh, that. Yeah. If the game's not over, if there's a chance we could still win it, but I ain't guess, giving him props. But, like, is this what they're telling these kids? Is, like, is how soft we've gotten? Like, this is, that's way beyond the, the everyone always looks gets mad at me in my generation, and they call us the participation trophy era. Hate we, it. We are. But it's you old people that gave us the trophies. Shut we didn't ask for them. Shut your mouth when you look my direction and say that. It's you old people. Yeah, exactly. Because older is better if you want to make this an athletic competition. I'm just saying, like, when no one, when I was on a football team. Last that time won, I saw you went, run was an hour ago. You ran to the vending machine. We went 0-8, and, and they gave us trophies at the end of the season. That's ridiculous. We didn't want those. Nor should you. But the grown-ups, they were like, they made us the participation. Yeah, but Joe, trip. they realized it's so funny. This was setting you up for the rest of your life. They knew you were never going to achieve any of these kind of grandiose goals, so they made sure you got a trophy so that it's you actually true. just kept on Look trying. Look where I'm at with my life. I'm sitting here next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you which, asked which, for that. That's your best day possible. <laughs> so therefore, I don't know if that's on you or on me that I've taken a step back or that you've gotten this high in your life. It's a good question, Joel. It is. That's a good question. Uh, no, I'm not Gen Z. I'm a millennial, Junior Bronco. Um, how do you feel about the Astros' rotation plans? What do you want them to do? What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to keep J.P. France in, or is it going to be like a mixed bag? Here's my thing. You know how I feel. I feel like the right thing to do for both the team and do right by the team. The team should be involved in this decision. This isn't anymore, again, where you're, you're winning the division and you can do whatever the hell you want. Players don't care. Players want to catch the Rangers. They also want to be in the best position for the playoffs. If you're taking your best pitcher, and people, I don't care what Fromber did with a no-hitter, and I know he's getting it back right, and I don't care that you traded for Justin Verlander. Your best pitcher over the last month plus has been J.P. France. He doesn't deserve to be treated like this, nor does the locker room want to see this when they know, and we've talked about this all season long, when you saw the Blancos and the Belaks, and to some degree when Javier was pitching, and some of these other pitchers, you were like, oh, man, I don't know if they, I hope they can win tonight, but I don't feel real good about it. When J.P. France was on the mound, you knew you had a chance. And you knew he was going to pitch his tail off for you. And in more times than not just look at the numbers, he gave you a quality start. Why does that say demote me? Why does that say you're the guy that should go to the pen? Don't treat him like you treated Javier a year ago and then found out too late, but still it benefited you that he was a starter. So Let this guy keep starting. I agree with you. So do you think, is it, but I'm hopeful that this was a one-off, okay? I'm hopeful that this was just a one-time thing where J.P. France is moving to the bullpen, and then from out from now on, it's going to be a six-man rotation. But if it's not, and you were in charge, would you put Arikidi in the bullpen? Javier? Hunter Brown? Because I agree with you that J.P. France should be the guy that stays in the rotation. Like The, the locks right now should be Fromber, J.V., and then France. So if you're going to go back to a five-man rotation for the now, what would you do? I'm putting I'm putting Urquidy as your long reliever. I'm putting Urquidy in the bullpen. You've done without Urquidy for this long, and because of J.P. France, you've done great. Why would you mess that up? You just you, you replace Seth Martinez and, and Blanco and Belak with a guy that can be your long reliever, and he can spot start for you if you need it, and he's getting right, and he's getting back to you know ramping it all up anyway. Let him ramp it up in the bullpen as a long reliever. This team, especially if Dusty puts the right offensive lineup up, is capable of getting big leads to where you need mop-up guys and guys that can face major league hitting while they're just getting you through eating up innings. 
That's what your that's what Arkady should be. That's not what JP France should be. JP France should be what he's been all year for you, which is a guy that can can be a really quality starter for you. Yeah, and look, and and they're pointing out on the Twitch and the text line here as well that like obviously like Dusty said they're trying to control his innings. I get that. But I don't think you have to do it by putting him in the bullpen. Like there's obviously a bunch of different ways you can handle this. I would rather have JP France starting the game than coming into the Agreed. game later. Now I will say like he did a good job coming in with traffic. Like that's not something that I think Jose Arquiti could do. So okay, so benefit there, Joe is he's not your boy from years past that didn't want to be in the bullpen that even when he was in the bullpen, it took him an hour and a half to, to get warm. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when he did get warm, you didn't know what kind of guy you were getting. And we ended up playing an Eminem song for him with the, with Dido because we cried so much that he sucked. This is a guy that is capable of doing so much for you, but guess what? Do something for him. He deserves to be a starting pitcher. He Why does? is the name escaping me on, on who I'm thinking? Oh, Odorizzi? Um, Odorizzi. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I, could, Odorizzi. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, this was the Jake Odorizzi saga that we went through when I was like addition by subtraction. He goes to the media and bitches yeah. when they say that we, we need to buy some time because we're trying to figure out things, and he says he's ready to pitch. 100%. He's not a team player. He's, a, he's an I guy, not a me guy. This isn't who J.P. France is. J.P. France is an ultimate team player who's been busting his ass for you, throwing and, and, and throwing gems. Stop Stop making him take punishment for that and go to the bullpen. Yeah, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting just going forward is the, the other guy I'm keeping an eye on, though, is Christian Javier. You know, like, I, I get where they want to limit his innings. Christian Javier is a guy that, you know, he was in the bullpen to start last year. I don't think, like, do you think, I heard Lance and John talking about that this morning. Does the fact that they made the decision to pay Christian Javier eliminate from, him from these conversations? Of, like, uh, if yeah. they're going to... If they're going to temporarily go to a five man and kind of you know help these guys you know not use their not eat as many innings, does Christian Javier getting paid now remove himself from that situation, or can you still use him in the bullpen role? Yeah, to me, Joe, the decision was made when Verlander walked, and the performance that you got from Javier a year ago, he became your number two with a chance to be a one someday. He became a guy that you then locked up. But more so than anything else, he's got the stuff that says he's a front-of-the-rotation type guy. He may not be your one, and especially not the way he's pitching right now, but he has the stuff to be a one someday that was like a 1A, 1B situation a year ago. So the last thing I want to do with him trying to work things out is now also let him struggle with the difference between trying to be a starter and be a reliever and then try and find out what's the happy medium in between. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how they handle this going forward because... I still think the ultimate factor in the equation is, is you know, Justin Verlander has been pretty vocal in the past about how many days he wants to be pitching or not be pitching and just kind of like what, you know, what his plan is versus Dusty Baker and, and Dana Brown, what they think of the team and what the best strategy is. All right, coming up next, we got the Wheel of Bits. He is Joel Blank. You can find him on Twitter at Pac-Man Joel. I'm Joe George on Twitter at Joe George Radio. It is the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out for that foot bone. I would like to rear up and jackknife my legs and kick you both in the jaw with my foot bone. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kittles and bits, kittles and bits. I'm going to get me some kittles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. What's your power five? Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get to the Wheel of Bits... Christy Reekin from the Associated Press says, John Singleton tells me 
He's headed to Baltimore where he'll call, be called up to play for the Astros for the first time since 2015. So John Singleton will be back. Got a Titus Howard update as well. Uh, Titus Howard is expected to miss four to six weeks after undergoing hand surgery, giving him a chance to return for Houston's September 10th regular season opener versus the Ravens per Good. source from Adam Schefter. Fine. So maybe he'll miss week one. Maybe he'll be back week two. We'll see. So hopefully, you know, that's a pretty positive when you hear broken hand. It's hard to say exactly what the timeline is going to be. But Singleton up. Let's it's go. Time. Joe, it's time. I mean, it's just such a good story. It, it's, too. it's a great story for one thing, but it's a better opportunity to better this team. I mean, more so than anything else, it's an opportunity to see if you get a guy that you took a flyer on, didn't spend anything for, you know him well enough from his past, but you'd love to see if he could do something for you who's excelling since you picked him up. Throw him out there. See what he can do. What's the worst can happen? You cut him or, or DFA him and say it didn't work out like the Brewers did? Oh, well. But if he continues to do even a, a fraction of what he was able to do since he's been with Sugarland, you might catch yet another guy that helps propel you and keep you relevant and keep you winning in a season full of all this uncertainty where you've had so many guys step up. Add them to the list. I'd love to see it work out. All right, so the Houston Astros were at the White House today. Um, so today we're going to do Power 5. Five moments, favorite five moments. I've got a list, and then I want some White House stories from you, Joel. So I put this list together, one through five, my favorite moments involving politicians and the Houston Astros. So the first one, courtesy of Sheila Jackson Lee. Altui. What a pronunciation. Mm-mm-mm. Jose Altui. An all-timer. Let's hear from number 45, Mr. Trump. He also struggles with name pronunciations. Uh, here is how he introduced the former general manager of the Houston Astros. To Jim Crane, general manager Jeff Lunau. Tough. Lunau. But it wasn't that far off. I oh, mean, that's pretty far. I mean, Lance still calls him Lunau. I mean, it's closer than what it is. Lunau? It's not Lunau. It's not that bad. Okay. Number three, back to Sheila. Congratulations to those Southern boys. What was so that? awkward. That was... You've never seen that before? No. You've never seen that video? The Southern boys one? No. So that's the same with the Altui. So she's on, she's at some congressional thing. I don't know if it's here in Houston or if she was in D.C., but she gives this like whole thing where she walks up with the Astros World Series champion T-shirt, and then that's when she dropped Altuve, Southern Boys, um, and then she also dropped. Um, well, let's go to the World Series champions as well. We are the World Series champion. Tough. The World Series champions. It's not great either. Not a great look for her. Was she had what three on the list? And that's in one minute speech. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, and then the last one we got here is back to Tromper. Skipper A.J. Hinch, become very famous. A.J., you become very famous, I have to tell you. That was a great job of skippering. Great job of skippering. It's like one of my favorite things. It is weird, though, because of, we had Hinch on the show before, too. And we were told ahead of time, do not call him anything other than the skipper. No. you Did, did you really? Yeah, or the manager. But, you know, because the, I, evidently they had... They had episodes with guys that called him coach or said, hey, coach. And that's degrading. 
I guess. In baseball, they're particular about that. I, I, that stuff is so stupid to me. Like, when remember, was it Dion last year? They got mad that people called him Dion and not Coach? He yeah. took a giant well, temper tantrum? Well, he got into it with Nick Saban, didn't he? Um, Wasn't it something about because they were wondering about Coach Coach Prime? And- yeah, they called him. They he I think he used. He said Dion. Someone called him Dion or Prime, and he's like, "It's Coach." Blah blah blah. Would Would you ever call Nick Saban the same thing? All that nonsense. Right. It's like it's just it's stupid. Um, it's uh, why someone it really matters. Like, what you call them, I just don't understand. So you've gone to the White House, you said, a couple times. So uh, Once. Once. Mm-hmm. So so you've only ever been there for the trophy in 95? Yeah. For the presentation? Yeah, for the presentation to the Rockets. Yep. yep. What was we that were like? able to go. It was awesome. It was amazing. I remember Scotty Brooks in the you know talking about being in the Oval Office, and he's like, for the f- first time in my life, I really was just looking for something to steal. He's like, something that I could bring back, stationary. Did you steal anything? A pen. I did not. Why not? Because we weren't. Because I'd be doing the same thing. Well, we I want the pen. We had we got on the grounds. We got in the media room. We were there, okay. shook hands with the president when he was addressing the media, and he knew we were part of the traveling party. But then, just the team and the coaching staff went into the Oval Office and in the back part of the White House for a little bit. Okay, uh, and we were just happy to be there, man. I mean, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience to go to the White House, and the aura around it and the feeling you got was patriotic. It was monumental. It was awesome. And you could see the different players, no matter what your background, no matter what your political beliefs. At the time that we went, everybody was just like, this is bucket list, one of the most amazing days of their life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I feel like it's it's obviously, it's, it's almost weird that they do it so far into the future. Like, they don't do it right away. Right after it happened. Like, it's not like, it's not like parade in Houston, fly to D.C., do the Washington thing. Like, I... I get why they schedule it out the way they do, specifically with the Astros. Um, you know, they're right before they go to Baltimore, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's got to be one of those moments where, because like for Dusty Baker, this is his first time. Yeah, they always try and do it surrounding either Washington or Baltimore trip. Yeah, and, and so that sometimes you're at, you're prisoner of your own schedule, and then hope they the hope that the baseball or basketball whoever is sending you does the you the solid of having the day off in between, but. At the same time, it was just more concerning to me that politics got to be so heavy involved in it that people were were missing what the true belief in why you were going is, which is just to honor you at the utmost highest level of the country that you play in. Yeah. Um, So when you went, you said it was Clinton? It was Clinton, yeah. Um, And you guys had everyone everyone went, I'm guessing? Not not as many people as they would go today. Now, the crazy thing was, one thing that I do regret is, is that you know, it wasn't an era, and they check everything. They check your cell phone. I mean, they check whatever you bring to the table. Did you guys have cell phones but, back then? Yeah, I was. You're a funny guy, but no, I'm, I'm trying to think. Time of, out. We, time out. That was a real question. No, we had them, but I mean, I what, remember. What did, they, what did they look like? I mean, I, like think, I, I think they were flippers. I think, they were, I think they were flip phones. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I think my first Rockets cell phone was a flip phone. Um, but. Again, I, the regret is you didn't take more pictures. You had the team photographer there and the NBA photographer there. They weren't focused on you guys. You know they were they were they were focused on just the players. Yeah. They should be. But you regret. I'm lucky that I got one picture out of the deal with Akeem. But you would have liked to have gotten a few more. But I, I like I said, I think the biggest takeaway is put politics aside and realize that's just like getting a ring. That should be a big time event for you as a player. Oh yeah, or absolutely. A coach. Are you jealous that you didn't get a ring this weekend like Paul Gallant did? 
Yeah, I didn't even know that was going on because again, well, the whole the whole conspiracy of how they do these things and pick like the whole Astros softball team, uh, the Astros softball challenge when Charlie Palillo used to bogart the only invitation and make sure he took his sixty fourth day off yeah. to be able to play in it yeah. was just weird to me. Oh, I think the only one um, that got invited was Paul because he used to work at the flagship. Well, and since the 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 big whopper left, he is there. I'm sure he. I'm sure he got an invite, but I'm saying I don't know. The big played. whopper tried to hoard every invitation and any contact with the yeah. Texans. Oh, Jake might have gotten. Now invited. he could do, No, that's, it wasn't a Jets game. It was a. Well, was he just wasn't in town, game. so he might have been invited for it. To do what? Play water boy? He could play out there. I mean, Cole Thompson. Is there a sandbox? Play? Cole Thompson play. Oh well, then you're right. They they're could the guard, same, they, they they're could, the same they defend each other. Yeah, All I get right, that. he is Joel Blank. You can find him on Twitter at Pacman Joel. I'm Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham. Find me on Twitter at Joe George Radio. Coming up next, we just mentioned the Astros start a series tomorrow versus the Baltimore Orioles. Are the Orioles the biggest stopper in your chance to win a World Series? That's next year on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of the Norwegian Blue. Remarkable bird, the Norwegian Blue, in it beautiful plumage. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Final segment today of the Killer Bees, Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank. You can find us on Twitter at Joe George Radio, at Pacman Joel, at Third Coast Johnny for John Belmer behind the glass. Astros off today uh, before they begin a series versus the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore sitting at 70 and 42, Joel, they are the clear number one seed at this point. I guess Tampa's two games behind them. Um, but I think the Orioles are playing much better than Tampa has really since that first month and a half of the season where the Rays were absolutely incredible. Do you think the, the Orioles are the team in the American League that you would say stops the Astros from going to the World Series? No. Do you put them above the Rangers? Do you put them above the Rays? No, Obviously, you, no. the AL Central's a joke. No, here, here's, and I think I said this last week. The reason why I don't is because they're not playoff seasoned. They got a bunch of young guys that are showing you. They're a lot like the Astros in 15. They're a team on the rise that has a ton of talent, a lot of young talent. They're still trying to find their pitching and get more pitching, and they made a trade to do that. So they're in a little, they understand that you never get too many of these moments to try and capitalize for this season, but their window's going to be open for a while. To where I think that they, as as good as these young players are, they're they're still going to take some lumps and they need some playoff seasoning. When you talk about a Rangers team that can come at you if they're healthy, with and even if they're not, if Evaldi's out, but if Evaldi's in, he's been in the playoffs and he's had experience. If you look at Jordan Montgomery, if you look at uh, obviously top of their rotation with Max Scherzer, you know Degrom in the future when he comes back is a guy that has had that kind of experience. But Seager's been there, done that. Simeon's had runs with the A's. They've got more veteran leadership that has been there, done that, that I think makes them a more formidable foe for this season than the Orioles. But the Orioles are a team that's going to be there for quite a while. Yeah, I think my I think it's for would have for sure been the Orioles if they would have got a higher class of pitcher at the deadline. Like Jack Flaherty is a, is a solid. He had pitcher. a great first outing. Yeah, but I really to me like they're they're just they are exactly where I think I think they've skipped the fifteen Astros part. I think they're at 2017 right now. Like so, they, see, if they were in 17, if they were 17 Astros to me, then they're competing for a World Series 
and they're in the American League Championship Series. And I don't think that they're there yet. I, I, think, I think they will be. I think the state of Texas and the two teams in it are the two best teams in the American League. But the Astros right now, at the moment, I believe right now the Astros would go through Texas to get to the Orioles. You're saying so semantics. So like, semantics it's yes, not the two like, best teams. It's who, who you end up playing yeah. in the league championship series. But, like, it's but even still, they got to get there too. Toronto, if they get in, has a ton of seasoning. They got a ton of veterans. They got a ton of talent. They got a ton of experience. They've been a team that we've talked about as basically underachievers last couple of years. Yeah. A team like the Mariners, if they get in. I mean, they've won five straight. They're, they're hot right now, and they've got, again, veterans, younger players, talent, experience. It's no slap in the face of the Orioles. I just think they're a year or two away. I, I think they're there. I, if they don't win, it will likely be because of their starting pitching. I think that's their biggest flaw in their roster. But, I, I, and I look, obviously, the playoff experience, it does matter for sure. But did it really matter for the Astros in 17? I, I mean, most of those guys weren't like, I mean, they're were, they were, they were puppies. When they were on the team in 2015, like yeah, they played in that series, but it had been two years. They should they should not have lost that series to the Royals. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of what your point is, right? Is like they should not have lost that series to the Royals. And but, like, but that's my point too, Joe. Is the fact we don't even know what the Orioles are capable of doing or how they're gonna yeah. how it's gonna play out for them because of the fact that they have zero experience to 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 kind of lean back on or for us to look at and go. Oh, this is a team that's made mistakes before. Maybe they're capable, or this guy's not ready like a Verlander in the playoffs like he is regular season. We don't know what they can be. I yeah. just, I'm very concerned about, one, I still think they need more pitching, and two, I think that they just don't have any experience. Yeah, because even though I, I tend to agree with you most of the time about the experience thing, but where I'll push back here is that like, I don't think the Rangers have it. What, what do they have? They have you know Max Scherzer, his last playoff experience, he gave up, what, four home runs? He's washed for the most part. Like He's... His first start, it was a disaster at the beginning. It got better throughout. Like, Ivaldi, we don't expect to be back. Right. Jordan Montgomery has very limited playoff experience. The Rangers, yeah, they have Marcus Simeon. That's cute. He won a division with the A's and loses in the wild card all the time. Like, he doesn't have real playoff experience. But he's a veteran, and he's at the top of his game right now. And, yeah. And he adds something that the Orioles really don't have the same kind of guys. They don't have a Simeon and a Seager and a lot of veterans or, or veterans they can lean on in the mix with the young players. Rushman behind the plate, good as he's been. If Rushman in the playoffs has never been there before, it might be it might be a new experience for him. He might struggle. How much like from you being around players, um, and and all your years, how much do you is like what's the difference between not knowing what's ahead of you in the playoffs, like the Orioles are, versus having that playoff experience? Like, what's the the biggest challenge? I think the first thing that I would say to that is. Everybody's different. But the same way that you say there are players you got to coddle and there's some players that there's other players that you can tough love and you can be hard on and you can understand that they're going to they're going to actually use it as motivation and they're going to get better. I think from a team standpoint it's the same thing with the players themselves as it pertains to a Pat Beverly with his tough upbringing and the way that, you know, he he doesn't take anything for granted cuz he never thought he'd actually get out of Chicago let alone get to where he got. Yeah. He just didn't have fear. He went after it every single night the same way and didn't care how many cameras, how many lights, how what the magnitude was. And then you had other guys that could have great regular seasons, but all of a sudden when you get in the playoffs, everything gets really, really kind of uncomfortable. And they, they're not the same kind of player. So I think that each individual is different, but I think you can get guys that can really kind of excel, seize the moment, and realize, 
this is it's just basketball or just yeah. football or just baseball. And you get other guys that go, whoa. And they get those big eyes. Whoa. And like now what? now we're on national. Now everybody, I'm getting texts instead of just in Houston and who we're playing. I'm getting texts from across the country and yeah. wondering what I did on that play or what happened there. Uh, it's interesting looking at the playoff push as it's happening in the American League behind the Astros because you know, the Blue Jays are a game out. Mariners two and a half past that. The Yankees are four and a half back now. The one team, what a disaster for the Los Angeles Angels. They've lost their last six straight games. After after going for it. They're 56 and 57. They went for it. They're two and eight in their last 10. That is exactly what you wanted if you're an Astros fan yeah. and you want Otani out of the division. This now, has been the, only, the only way it gets better brutal. is if Otani signs a long term deal with the Angels. Because I just don't think they're ever going anywhere. Yes. Right? They're going nowhere. I think if he goes to the Dodgers, as bad as the Dodgers have been in the playoffs, but the thing is, at he least makes if, the Dodgers better. Oh, 100%. Like, at least if it's the Dodgers, it's only if you get to the World Series. That's almost one of those like good problems to have because it's like if Otani is really a problem for the Astros, you've reached the World Series again versus the Angels, you see him on a consistent basis. But I agree. Like For the most part, they're a nothing franchise. They have been. And I liked the idea of them going that all in. But to be here today... I don't think they have a cho- had a choice, though, Joe, because I don't think no matter what you could have gotten for him, you would have never forgotten from the ownership, from the fan base. That's the one that got away because you let him. But now he's going to go anyways, and you got nothing. In fact, I, you're going to lose prospects and lose Otani. Sure. At the same time, and you don't know how loyal of a guy he is, but if the money is thrown at him by the Angels and he knows, hey, they only went to go for it mode because of me, and they really tried, then I think it's something. And again, LA, if if it's LA all the same and the Dodgers are competitive with the offer, hard to stay, hard to not stay in the same city and go to the better of the two teams. But if it's other options that have more money per se, but they don't, it's a different part of the country or they don't have the same kind of, you know, like squad and things that he likes. Does that matter? I don't know. You know, he's going to be a really interesting guy to follow this offseason. Obviously, it's going to be the biggest free agents in the history of sports. Definitely the biggest free agent since LeBron signed with the Miami Heat. But, you know, he took a he took a significant pay cut to play for the Angels the first time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because of these weird, you know, rules about when you can come to, to the United States from Japan, all these things. Like, he technically couldn't come for two years to get fully paid. He came to the Angels early because he was ready for that challenge mm-hmm. of Major League Baseball. So that's why his contract has been so affordable. And even some of the stuff he's done in arbitration has made it so his salary has been less. He's he's acting, he's acted if money does not matter. So it's going to be fascinating to see. Like If it's all about money, I think he's definitely a Dodger. If it's not all about money, I think it could be a mixed bag. See, and we could have other teams. But the, the only thing is, even if it's not all about money, the only thing that can save the Angels is loyalty. Because other than that, the Dodgers are a better baseball team if it's just about winning. If it's about the money, the Dodgers still have the money because of the way they've been clearing out space. They still have enough money and they're the Dodgers that they can they can throw money at him. Like, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday watching Rodon struggle. Yeah. And I'm like, if you took Rodon's contract and his lack of performance and James Paxton and other guys that they've spent monster money on that haven't succeeded, but you put that in a smaller market... That is absolute suicide for a franchise. The Yankees, because they just print money, are able to survive it, which is another reason why I hate them so much. But I also love every bit of Rodon and those guys faltering. Yeah. Because I'm like, 
you know what? You can't just always be the best team money can buy. Sometimes you have to deal with the real problems of the rest of the league too. Like, do they haven't really been that team in a long time? It's it's actually it's kind of nice that they have just completely fallen apart. Oh, it's uh, it's, it's fun to watch, right? Because I've always I I've always just hated the Yankees. I me too, and it's, it's great to be good. able to rubberneck them and go. Yeah. Oh, it's happening again. Oh, I'll enjoy watching that as I drive on by on my way to bigger, better things. All right, he is Joel Blank. You can find him on Twitter at Pacman Joel. I am Joe George filling in for Jeremy Brand. You can find me on Twitter at Joe George Radio. Thanks to John Belmer behind the glass today. He's on Twitter at Third Coast Johnny. Coming up next, it's Beaky, Jake Asman. Andrew Carlson, the wheelhouse is next here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The worm is the spice. The spice is the worm.